Before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by Feast Day, helping your family celebrate holidays and liturgical feast days throughout the year. For upcoming deals, sign up for the email list at feastday.co. This is Diapers and Disciples, episode 55. On Diapers and Disciples, we're talking about living out the Great Commission as a mom. I'm Amber O'Hearn, and this is part two of our series on friendship and building community. Today's chat is with Angela Jennings. Angela shares how opening her home on Tuesday nights for evening prayer and potluck has brought joy to her home, and how being receptive to invitations of friendship has led to establishing a community that ministers to one another. We also chat about the Survey Institute and the idea of building the urban village. Thanks for listening in today. Here's my chat with Angela. Hi, Angela. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Um, Could you start off and tell us a little bit about you and about your family? Sure. Uh, So I am uh, a mom of four, uh, married to my husband for almost uh, 11 years now, and uh, we live here in Oklahoma City, and I am also an estate planning attorney. Uh, in my spare time. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So what does that look like for you? What what kind of work? How does your day look with that? Yeah. Okay. So um, the other the other big piece that I uh, strangely didn't mention is that we're also s- sort of homeschooling um, our children in a, a blended model. So they're at a sort of a brick and mortar school for two days and they're home for two days. So what it mostly looks like is my, my uh, living room transforms into an office two days a week and then back into a classroom. Uh, another two days a week, and then there's a strange mix uh, <laughs> on Fridays and Saturdays. Uh, it's it's busy, but it's, I think, um, something that people actually relate to um, in the sense that our lives are kind of messy. And so it's kind of nice to know that you're not the only one whose life is a little bit messy when you go about your day-to-day activities. So uh, it's busy is definitely the biggest thing it looks like. Okay. That's neat. Um, we're considering doing something similar for, um, well, my daughter, she's only four, um, right now and we do kind of like a homeschool co-op, but next year we're considering, there's a couple schools in their area that are very like homeschool friendly where you can, if you want, you can send your kids to school a couple days a week or just mornings and then homeschool as well. And, um, I think that's kind of a cool model and a nice approach. So we're considering that for next year as well. So very neat. Yeah, it's it's a really it, it works for some people and it doesn't for others, but we really love it. I love having my kids home, and uh, and mine are you know fourth grade and uh, second grade are the two that are off on that at, at that school those two days a week, and then my my four year old and my one year old um, spend those days with my mother in law. Um, but uh, yeah, we just I just don't I don't like sending them away so much. I I, I did for uh, for ten years for the first ten years of. Um, of raising children and being married, I worked full time. So, um, so they were, you know, they were away with daycare and whatnot. Uh, so it's been a nice transition for us to something that was important for where they were and, and what I needed in life right now. Very neat. And have you always been in this line of work? Uh, yeah, well, I've, I've been an attorney now for five years. Uh, and, uh, so specifically I worked actually with Catholic charities for the, the first four years, um, and I, I worked with immigration and refugee resettlement and then uh, sort of transitioned into estate planning accidentally. But it worked really well uh, because it sort of situates me as a person who's 
handling things I think that are really common for people with young families who just need to take care of some of those things. So it's, it's nice to be able to help people I know and call them friend and client at the same time. So, so no, not always, um, but for, for a year or so. Very neat. So um, did you go to law school then while you had kids? Or... I sure did. Wow, crazy. <laughs> uh, thanks to um, a fabulous husband who, uh, who sort of, um, well, who really stepped up there uh, for us. But yeah, uh, so my, my oldest was about a year old when I started. And then uh, we had our second, um, my second year of law school. And, uh, and then we sort of paused there for a bit um, until we got situated in, in our careers a little bit more. But yeah, that was, we were definitely doing all those things at the same time. Wow, that's amazing. And does your husband work as well? Uh, he does. So he's um, finishing up his PhD and uh, teaches at, um, well, OSU uh, okay. in Stillwater. Very cool. Great. Um, so Angela, what comes to mind for you when you think about how you live out the Great Commission as a mom? Yeah, so uh, I was I was thinking about that um, in particular because, well, obviously we've been um, talking about um, evangelization. I think more in our parishes over the last couple of years, maybe than than previously. Um, I, I myself am a convert, and and I I kind of hesitate to use the term convert because I was raised Christian, but um, but not Catholic specifically. And then I uh, around the age of nineteen and twenty. Um, I certainly fell away and would not have claimed any faith um, at all. Um, so uh, over over time, I I was introduced to um, the Catholic faith, and um, Mother Mary certainly is the is the one who who brought me to the Catholic faith. I I believe with all my heart that she uh, she took me <laughs> as a project and uh, and brought me in. But so I, I what I I think that translates into me as far as the, the Great Commission is concerned. Uh, I guess I, I think of it as myself as a soft sell, if you will. I, I'm not, I'm never going to necessarily be um, forward with people who I don't believe are in a place where they're open. Um, I'm certainly also will, always willing to you know, share the specifics of my faith, but I think that people for any number of valid reasons, uh, are are often um, hesitant to to open up to that conversation, or or even if it's not a conversation, if we're just talking about our actions in, in the world every day. Um, so I I think that I I consider my own experience and how I was reached um, through through love and nurture, and uh, and I think I. I try to bring those things in and as they open um, doors for people to feel more comfortable uh, fully uh, engaging in, in, in um, a spiritual life conversation, um, then that happens. But if they don't, then they still experienced, I, I hope, um, through any interaction with me, mm. um, at least love and compassion, mm. uh, if nothing else. Yeah, that's beautiful. I'm, I'm a big believer in that relationship piece as well, how that kind of, you need to nurture that relationship or friendship. Um, and that's a big part of, yeah, being a witness and maybe eventually being able to bring up, you know, the, the conversation. But, you know, if there's no relationship there, that's a that's a difficult thing to do. So 
Um, yeah. I'm a big believer in that piece of like loving, loving and nurturing as well being the first step. So that's really neat. Um, so I wanted to have you on today to talk specifically about building community. Um, and so the first question I wanted to ask you is just, is building community something you've, you've always valued? I think that if, when I look back, um, across, um, what's starting to feel like a kind of long life, (laughs) (laughs) uh, when I look back across life, I can see, um, very specific situations where community had a big impact in my life, even if I didn't recognize it at the time. And even if I wasn't being mindful or labeling it community and, uh, but, but when I, you know, sort of piece all those little parts of life together, um, it has been important to me and it actually sort of ties into, you know, this concept of, of friendship, um, and community, um, because I, I tend to be somewhat of an introvert actually. And so sometimes going out and about or inviting people in, uh, is something that, you know, doesn't sound relaxing or, um, you know, sometimes I just need to rest, right. (laughs) Or something like that. But, but, uh, but yes, I I think, I think if I'm just going to say, is it, or has it been important? Then yeah, I think I've always valued it. Um, but I, I'm newer to valuing it as something that's more than just work. It's not just work. It is also something that feeds you, um, in ways that you don't anticipate, particularly if you are an introvert. Um, but it is, it is very, um, it is very nourishing, uh, for me at this time in my life. Hmm. Oh, that's so great. I'm, I'm so glad you brought up the introvert piece because I think that's something that we don't talk about a lot too, is like we say, you know, friendships are important and establishing and having a supportive community is important, but we don't really talk too much about, you know, especially for people who need to be alone to recharge and how sometimes it can be stressful to invite, you know, a lot of people into your home or based on just personality and temperament. So, um, right. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so as an introvert and as a busy working mom, um, who homeschools, <laughs> uh, <laughs> how do you, crazy. we should insert crazy in there. <laughs> So how, how do you go about making friends or, um, or prioritizing like building community? Yeah. So, uh, I, I think that, um, God meets us where we are. And so I am lucky to be the one who others have made their friend, um, is definitely something that happens when we're talking about friendship and people reaching out to me, uh, that sometimes triggers me. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, I, I can have a relationship, uh, with this person. We don't have to just say hello to each other in the car line as we're dropping off our children and then, uh, not ever take the time to sit down for coffee or something. So I'm, I'm really grateful that, um, I have learned to be receptive when people do reach out to me. So that is definitely, you know, maybe back to the introvert piece, a priority for me is to be receptive when other people do, uh, reach out. Um, but prioritizing community has largely looked like opening up our home, uh, to people. And I'll have to give most credit to my husband for that. We started doing uh, a Tuesday night Vespers a couple of years ago, and we've actually been a bit off schedule recently, but, uh, we would just 
bring people into our home for uh, for evening prayers once a week or maybe around the Christmas season every evening for a week or so. Um, and, there, you know, obviously we were there to pray together and it would be a potluck, so people would bring food. Uh, and we, you know, just very laid back. Uh, and, and that was sort of the initial um, step out that we took to make sure that people knew that they were welcome in our lives and in our space. And, uh, and since then, um, I have um, really make, made sure that I also take the time uh, to also uh, accept those invitations when other people have invited me um, into their homes. And I think the, the way that that has turned, turned uh, grown into not just being, a, it's not a social club, right? So I might, I mean, there are a lot of people who are the ones who always come um, we also had sort of a, a variety of people who would come occasionally and then we'd have new people here and there. Um, but it sort of grew out of that because when you spend that much time on a weekly basis, you know, and I think everyone knows this, you know, but sort of even in small talk, you at some point you recognize the the deeper things that are going on in people's lives. And so it developed into, oh, well, we'll keep your kids for your anniversary or uh, someone inviting us to, uh, you know, come to their home for um, you know, a jam session with guitars and, you know, whatnot. So it sort of, it, it, it grew into things where we, we would become more aware of, of the good and the bad in, in, our, in each of our respective lives. And, uh, and I think that led to a lot of us being able to serve each other in ways that um, weren't necessarily event-based. Uh, but that were important to to each of us. So that's sort of where where we are right now as far as prioritizing um, community. So I, I I guess you know I'll, I'll obviously you're the one asking the questions, but I really am going to have to spend more time contemplating the idea of friendship within community. I know that they are related, um, but I also I think of community in the larger sense, in the outreach sense, and obviously that is uh, coming from a nonprofit background too, right? So we're spent a lot of time uh, reaching out to people who, who I probably would never call friend, um, for many reasons, whether it just be the professional capacity that I was serving them in, um, or something else, but. Uh, and and so to sort of be stepping into a new part of life where community uh, is much more of a peer-based uh, relationship that's developing uh, among you know any number of people in my life right now, and uh, and so I think that's going to be an interesting trajectory uh, for for the relationship between friendship and community in my life, and so I'm, I'm actually kind of excited uh, to have that thought floating around now. That's great. That's beautiful. I oh, I love so many things <laughs> that you said right now. Um, <laughs> I was like taking little notes on the side. I was like, I have to ask her about these. So uh, the the I love that uh, being the being receptive piece because mm-hmm. I that's something I haven't really considered. But it's so easy as a mom, especially I think of little ones, or maybe even for you know moms that are homeschooling or working where it seems like, you know, 
I don't really have time. Like if someone invites me over, I don't even know if I have time to say yes. Or, you know, um, someone invites, you know, my family over for dinner. It's like, oh, do we, you know, are we really able to, <laughs> to even say yes? And so I love that, that piece of the first step being just open and receptive to yeah. when people, when other people are initiating. I hadn't really considered that. It's um, a hard balance though, right? I mean, because you do have yeah. to stay home sometimes, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. It is a hard balance uh-huh. because there are some times when, um, you know, you, you haven't had time with your husband or, or with your kids because, you know, your lives get so busy with, um, outside things. So you're right. I think that is a balance. Um, yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that as a piece. And then, um, so I wanted to I wanted to ask you about the vespers as well, um, and you know you said you started doing evening prayer like maybe once a week or maybe during um, you know the Christmas season a little bit more. And for for the people that you invited over, was it just people that you that you knew through your church or um, from your neighborhood or how did how did that come about? Yeah. Uh, so initially it certainly, um, started very much, um, through our church because that was sort of our, our network of people. So it started with only a couple of people who would, who would attend. It was pretty small. And, uh, the majority of families that over the long term, um, regularly participated were certainly through our church. Um, but we have a public Facebook page. Tuesday Vespers is the, the name of the Facebook group, but, um, Definitely invited anyone face to face in our neighborhood uh, who we run into, and uh, and then sort of the eclectic family that sort of we have dispersed around town would would invite um, come and invite some of their people also, and it did um, it did spread uh, spread a bit. There are a few people not not so regularly as every week, but um, who would have a sort of a branch off in their homes on a different night and as we all sort of rub um, shoulders with different people, that would be a different group and there would be some overlap and, and some not. Um, but the, the sort of the vision was that, um, you know, maybe, maybe every night of the week there would be somewhere for people to be if they needed a place to be, um, if they needed to, to step in with community and, um, you know, just for support or, or just pure enjoyment, I suppose. Mm. That's great. I love it. And um, this is something where you bring your kids as well. Is that right? Oh, it's yeah. just kind of like whole family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The way that it sort of worked out in the end is that usually we're outnumbered about three to one kids to adults. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's been a, it's, it's, a, it's a very, so just to paint a bit of a picture, um, four children, we live in 1200 square feet, two bedrooms, um, a lovely wow. small home with a pretty backyard. So <laughs> when it's mm. rainy, um, there are a lot of there's a lot of mud on the floor, and whenever um, whenever it's bright outside, we try to trap them out there and uh, and keep all the little the little children uh, where they can use those loud voices, and we can as adults still hear each other. Uh, so <laughs> it's kind of a chaotic a chaotic environment, which was actually a, you know sort of a you know back to community, what kind of community are you crafting? And you want other, you want everyone to feel welcome. So sometimes, you know, you might have people who don't feel as comfortable in a, in a home full of uh, rambunctious children um, and how to make space for, for 
for everyone involved, but obviously it was a family friendly environment. So hmm. yeah, it, so it was it was definitely uh, all invited. No one no one uh, excluded for sure. Because the last thing we have time to do, right, is I mean we get babysitters when we need to. Maybe we have family who can watch our kids, but I know that's always a struggle for us. And so it has to be something where we can, you know, still sort of let the let our children, uh, like I say, run free in the backyard without um, having to worry too much about what's going on and, you know, sort of as a community be attentive, um, but not, uh, but not a babysitter, right? Just because that's its own uh, kind of burden sometimes to, to step away from home like that. Hi friends, just wanted to take a quick break to tell you about today's sponsor, Feast Day. Guys, with the liturgical new year just around the corner, I couldn't be more excited to share with you an easy way to get started with celebrating seasons and feasts. Helping you celebrate the liturgical year, you can think of Feast Day as an online Catholic grocery. You can choose monthly subscription grocery bags with food and devotional items that line up with the feast days for each month. Or one-time purchase seasonal products that help your family celebrate larger holidays, religious and secular, to bring the Spirit of Christ into every celebration. They would make a beautiful gift this Christmas, or purchase one for yourself to help your own family celebrate. Feast Day also has a collection of books to choose from on liturgical living. You can purchase anything from a Vatican cookbook, which includes favorite dishes from our last three popes, to Drinking with the Saints, a collection of cocktail recipes toasting different saints on their feast days throughout the year. Friends, if you have been wanting to implement more feast day celebrations in your home, but feel overwhelmed with the thought of planning, Feast Day subscriptions make it easy for Catholic families to start celebrating alongside the liturgical year. Check out all these and more at feastday.co and sign up for the Feast Day email list to receive all the Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and future offers. Again, it's feastday.co or check out the link in today's show notes. Okay, so Angela, I wanted to ask you, um, I love what you brought up about uh, friendship and uh, community and how, you know, they might not necessarily be the same thing, but there's some, you know, relationship um, there um, that you're maybe just now even starting to discover. Yeah. Um, and would you say it's because primarily you thought of community in terms of like serving, serving the outside community or? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, whole- I'm just kind of curious about the journey. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, gosh, I, so beginning with having people into my home on a weekly basis and uh uh I'm I love my home but it's not something that you know you would <laughs> you would find a write up on in a magazine for sure. Uh I think there's a lot of humility in at play there. So that was an initial step toward the idea of community um becoming more of a of a mutual um, concept as opposed to that, like I said, the sort of serving as in, in your words, um, I think from where I had come before. Um, so that was a, that was a really important step. And so that, that pathway of recognizing and just sort of allowing people to, uh, be in my home, even though it wasn't going to be in pristine condition every, every time, uh, I opened my door. Um, that was an initial step, I think. And then, yeah, as I, as I move forward, I think it's easy to, 
think of a project like that as something you're doing. So I, I'm definitely guilty of, of thinking about it in terms of, of more in the past um, than in the present, but that we do this thing called Vespers, that we open our home, that, you know, that, but it's not about, it's not about you at all. You just happen to maybe be um, a platform for something else that's much bigger than you, that, that you have the, you know, the blessing of it happening in your space, perhaps. Um, So as I walk down that path, uh, moving away from it being, there's definitely service involved. Getting, stepping out of yourself, thinking about the needs of other people is always, I think, very uh, important for me. Um, It's sort of, I don't know, that brings me out of myself in a really healthy way. Um, But, uh, but it has to still be different than thinking of it as a favor that I'm doing for someone else. And I, and I know that there, there's a loose connection there and, and a true servant uh, probably doesn't think about it in such terms, but I know that there's a temptation um, to do so. So the humility piece, and then uh, once I started to recognize how opening my home to all those people uh, who had so much to give has been one of the things that has brought the most joy um, to my home. Uh, so it really has started to create what my home is. And in that way, you know, it kind of, it belongs to them too now. It's not, it's not just mine. Um, and uh, so, yeah, definitely, like you say, it, it initially felt like something that community would be something that one would serve. Um, but it's becoming much more like family at this point. Mm, that's beautiful. I really love that. I, I love that journey. And when you were talking, it, it made me think about how, um, sometimes, uh, personally I can feel like, um, I'm not doing maybe like enough, like ministry wise or like mission wise, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like what is the Lord asking me to do? And like, am I, am I really, um, you know, providing a ministry for, for other people. And I know, you know, first and foremost, like my family is my priority, but when you were talking about, um, even just, you know, developing your, your friendships, uh, with these people, um, and realizing like the good, but then also the struggles that one another are facing and being able to like serve and support people, your friends, like in, um, in those struggles, like maybe taking, you know, the kids so someone can go out for their anniversary. Um, I think that's just such a beautiful act of, um, like ministry, if I can, if I can use that word that really helps to, um, yeah, develop that, that mutual community, um, that you're talking about. I think that's such a huge piece of it. And so I think that's, um, I like that you said that, you know, that didn't, come right away but you know continuing to you know meet with people um you know even for for evening prayer once a week you know you start to get to know people and um start to see where um where like you could maybe love them better and then where they can love you better and um and and build that and I think that was that's a really beautiful piece to yeah to the community you're building yeah, I'm glad you used the word ministry because I think I think if I were going to define community at this point, I would think that we it, it should be ministering to each other, right? Mm. So I, I think ministry is a is a really 
um, appropriate word myself. Hmm. Great. I love that. Um, so Angela, I would love for you to tell me a little bit about, um, the survey Institute and how you became involved with that. Yeah. Okay. So survey, um, and I'll kind of think of Vespers as one of the, the, um, the projects of survey in a way, um, only because it's, it's, uh, it's a nonprofit developed by, um, a friend of ours, um, Peter Epps. And, uh, so, Basically, um, I don't know, I do best with images because nonprofits, you know, then it's it's an organization and there's nothing interesting about (laughs) organizational schemes. Right. But uh, I think of it as, um, I don't know, an architectural firm or um, maybe a a cartographer like there. He he is in a position. And so the organization as a whole, you know, sort of map making um, or or blueprint blueprint writing uh, for how we build these communities, um, and we just had a, an inaugural conference, um, the Urban Village Conference here at the uh, the middle of October, and um, a lot of really interesting, wonderful people came um, to Oklahoma City from across the country, actually, and um, there were wonderful conversations about how do we do things similar to Vespers or many other, you know, the, the ministry that you have of, of a podcast and reaching out to, uh, to your listeners. So what are, what are all the dynamics and all the ways that we need to um, join together, particularly when it comes to the liberal arts and combining those things with the practical arts, raising our children um, in a way that they can make a living, but also uh, fully um, are fully invested in, and what life is worth to them, right? Um, and and so so it's definitely uh, an organization that is is meant to assist people with ideas who might need um, need assistance in how to build that community in their own in, in their own um, well, literally a geographic community, um, and that might mean gardening projects and whatnot. Uh, so it's there. There is some talk of. Um, of uh, you know people building and buying homes nearer to each other uh, so that there's a physical space that is um, more accessible to to each other uh, so uh, there are a lot of things going on with survey it's pretty you can, it, it does have a website surveyokc dot org make sure that's right yeah so that's I don't know that's sort of a rough introduction. Um, I I know it because um, because we're friends with the Epses and uh, and I'm I'm not currently serving as secretary of the board. So um, it's uh, I, I'm really excited to see where it's going to go, and I think that uh, I think that it's going to provide a lot of support for people who have ideas and know that they want to connect to each other in those sort of co-ministering ways. Uh, but maybe aren't sure how to do that or, or who, you know, certainly we can't do it by ourselves. Hmm. That's so neat. Um, could you talk to me a little bit more about that? Um, the term that you used, uh, urban village, is that what you said? Or urban community? Yeah. yeah so, um, do you, just kind of, uh, basically what you mean by that, like, what does it entail exactly? Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose it can, it could be as, um, in all encompassing or, or not, depending on, you know, where it is in development. But I think ideally it means that I can uh, let my children play in the backyards of all of my, you know, 
physically visible neighbors because I know all of them and um, and they know me. Um, there, there's certainly an educational piece. Um, maybe we don't have to uh, drive across the across the city every day for uh, whether that be school or groceries or whatnot. I, there, there are a lot of I know in the in ministry sense there are a lot of projects. Um, looking to alleviate you know, problems of food deserts and things like that. So it, it certainly would cover that kind of need inside of a community, uh, but also the very social um, need and, and uh, the spiritual nurturing need of really living in community um, in many ways. But obviously we are, we are, we are lay people uh, so we're not going to move into a monastery, um, but that doesn't mean uh, that we can't live in close proximity to each other and maybe share, you know, those evening meals more often than once a week. Um, I think that the the urban village concept sort of has grown off of uh, the Clear Creek Monastery here in um, eastern Oklahoma uh, has annually the conference they call Idea of a Village. And obviously that's in a rural place. And so we, we found ourselves wanting to translate um, if we can't commune around uh, a monastery here, um, but maybe, maybe there are ways that we can translate some of the, the virtues of that into uh, our own urban lives. And, and so I, I, it can look like, all, uh, oh, the possibilities, I, I, I think is the... Um, is the big picture right now. So, but I, I think that very simple idea of what is a village and, and you know, that, that all of your, excuse me, all of your needs could be um, met and served within a small geographic space. Hmm. That's really neat. Um, yeah. I love that. I, I think about like our, our own neighborhood that we live in and, and we didn't know anyone in our neighborhood really before we moved in. And um uh, you know, a couple times you, I've been, you know, working in the kitchen, like making some kind of meal or something. And I don't have like the amount of eggs or milk or whatever I need. And it, for me, it's like as simple as like my husband, Cameron would say, we'll just go next door to our neighbor and just, um, ask if you can borrow something. <laughs> and I, I love that he said that instead of like, oh, just run to the store and grab something. And, uh, that's been a good practice for me to realize, like, of course, I'm sure like we have lovely neighbors that would be, of course, willing to loan me a couple eggs. <laughs> and so I love that idea of really just developing the neighborhood as well and building up, um, yeah, your community just in your neighborhood. So that's yeah. neat. Yeah, very cool. Um, so Angela, do you have any encouragement or maybe tips for um, working moms who are trying to balance? I know balance is kind of like a, maybe that's not the best word, but <laughs> trying to figure out like time with kids and time with husband and also caring for yourself and keeping up with the house, but then on top of that, like finding friends and community. Uh, I'm pretty sure the story of my life, uh, at least half the time is, is quote unquote, hashtag fail. <laughs> you know, but, uh, so I can't say that I do, except for that. I know that even when things are, even when the stack of laundry is at its tallest, and I need to be in three places at the same moment in time, and I and I can't, and I'm 
uh, stressed at its highest point. Um, the the thing that I I often forget, um, but try to forget uh, less and less, uh, is a sense of humor. Because the the moment that I can sort of take things into perspective, be grateful for what I have, and uh, and recognize that it is enough, that I do have enough, that I do give enough. Um, I, not to sound cliche, but that I am enough, you know, through the right through the grace of God, that everything is everything is okay, um, even when it's at its worst. Um, that there is wholeness, even if things are sort of dark. And whenever I um, taking into the idea of those those concepts and a sense of humor, which I I'll have to give credit to my husband for teaching me to have a sense of humor. Um, that. <laughs> That's that's what gets me. That's what helps the the day end on a bright note, as opposed to ending, um, just hoping that you can try again tomorrow, which is also value, right? So I I don't know. I I'm gonna be listening to to uh, to your podcast and hoping that other moms have much um, more insightful mom hacks than I have. <laughs> I the one I'm sticking to for now. I, I love that. I, re- I really love that so much. And I love the, the sense of humor piece because um, that really does just totally, I mean, in a previous episode, my husband and I were talking about, I had him on and we were chatting about um, like a time when um, our, our daughter was like up throughout the night and it was just, I mean, day after day after day, we were, we were getting up and at one point he was like, this is going to, are you ready to party? Like, this is going to be a party at 2 a.m. And just like embracing that, like when she woke up at 2 a.m., he'd just be like, are you ready to party? (laughs) And just that sense of humor just helps to, I think, to lighten um, the heavy load sometimes. So I I love that piece as well. That's great. I'm going to carry that image with me. I probably am not going to feel like a party when my one-year-old wakes me up tonight, but, yeah. <laughs> but I'm definitely going to think of you. <laughs> Maybe Love I will it. smile. So. <laughs> Love it. Um, so how would you say you've seen the Lord at work in your life the last year? Well, uh, the most uh, and biggest um, thing for our larger family unit, um, well, I'll, I'll choose to... Um, one, my husband was working on the road before he uh, took this current position and um, began completing his PhD. So uh, he was on the road and he was gone about 20 days a month wow. um, across the country. Uh, and that, that lasted for about a year. Uh, and that was, it was just fine until one day it just wasn't any longer. And uh, and we didn't know what we were going to do. Um, but uh definitely the, uh, I, I definitely give thanks to God for, uh, opening the, up that position that, that he's, that he's currently in, um, so that he could come home to us and, and we could sort of share those day-to-day, um, joys and burdens, uh, together in a different way, uh, that's a bit more traditional. So that's been, um, uh, hugely wonderful. And then the second is that, uh, our, our, our sister-in-law, uh, was diagnosed with cancer um, earlier this year, and uh, we have uh, seen uh, we're not we're not fully through with treatment yet, but we've seen healing in her life. And and in the midst of of that treatment, she also gave birth to a beautiful baby girl, 
uh, and uh, who is healthy and um, the family is doing really well. And seeing, speaking of community, um, seeing everyone step up uh, to be there for them during that time. Um, and uh, that's been, definitely have seen the grace of God as we've, as we've navigated that situation. Obviously more them uh, for us, but still being a, a bit on the outskirts, but being able to see that uh, in their lives as well has been uh, pretty miraculous to say the least. Mm, beautiful. I love that. And what would you say is your favorite part of your home and why? <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to go with my backyard. Uh, and, and in the sense that it just, um, it's that open, breathable space, um, and it's still yours and you can grow things there. And sometimes the, the simplest of things are the most beautiful. And, uh, I'm, I'm, especially this time of year, I'm, uh, I'm really appreciating the, the freshness of, of that green space. Mm, I love that. And, um, what have you been loving recently? Uh, I'm going to have to go back to the fall. This weather has been really nice. It's just sort of a break from, obviously, we come off the uh, off the heat of the summer and uh, into this just time when you throw on a quick sweater and go out and and there's color everywhere. And it just the changing of seasons just seems like it's in step with your life and you, you need the change of season too. Mm-hmm. It's to greet you. Mm-hmm. I love that. A change of season just helps to, I think, sometimes give you a a fresh perspective too, where, Mm -hmm. you know, this summer I was feeling like, oh my goodness, the days are so long. And, um, I was, you know, in the, in the first trimester of of pregnancy as well. So I think I was just feeling like, oh gosh, everything's like, uh, slower and it's just taking me so much more energy. So it's just helpful to, uh, have a fresh season and just uh, change a pace to help you have a fresh perspective as well. So that's great. Um, and then my last question, do you have any mom hacks to share? I know you mentioned the humor thing, but which I love, but besides that, anything else you want to share? Um, I, I think that, uh, I think that I don't, I don't have anything else to share. Every day is so different in so many ways and just, uh, Finding finding people like you, finding people uh, who can who can relieve little bits or share a good conversation, uh, share a cup of tea. Just taking the time to do it and knowing that you'll be refreshed afterwards. Hmm. I love that. Um, well, thank you so much, Angela. It has been just a joy chatting with you, and I, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Uh, let me go ahead and close this in a prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for um, the gift of family and friends, and um, I pray, Lord, that you would um, help us in our journeys of making friends and building community. I pray that you would um, give us the courage to reach out and to um, initiate, but also um, the courage to be receptive to to invitations as well and to join an event or group that might already be happening in our church or in our community. Um, and we love you, Lord, and we offer this prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi, friends. I hope you enjoyed this chat with Angela. 
I loved what Angela shared about being receptive to invitations of friendship, and also understanding that building community takes time, but potluck meals or prayer times together might be a great way to start fostering it. Friends, know that I will be praying for you as you all deepen your current friendships and reach out to build new ones. For links to anything we talked about today, visit the show notes for today's episode at diapersanddisciples.com or just click through in the podcast player you're listening in now. Until next time, you all are in my prayers. God bless.